Let's all turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Keep it at Matthew chapter 7 after you turn to that. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 says, You might, by the way, please stand to honor the reading of God's word. It says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Aren't you glad you stood for that long, long verse? Judge not that you be not judged. This is one of the most quoted verses of the Bible, and it gets quoted all the time, misquoted oftentimes, or misused, I should say. Judge not that you be not judged. The world uses this verse to basically keep themselves from being spoken about so that they can sin all they want and do whatever they want. But that's not what I mean. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Actually, even Christians misuse it so that they can say and do whatever they want and not feel guilty about it. That's not what it means. It's not what it means at all. And uh, we're going to finish the scripture here in just a minute. Now, you may wonder why I'm putting on this beautiful, beautiful thing. And you'll see here in just a moment. You'll see in just a moment. Let me go ahead and finish what that says. But first, let me say this. We are honored here today in the court of the Moment of Truth Baptist Bible Baptist Church. And you may think, you're not my judge. You're not my judge. Well, I beg to, to differ at this moment. I'm your judge. No, I'm not. But let's finish what it says here. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 5. Judge not that you be not judged. And it goes on to say in verse 2, For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured again for you. And why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank that is in your own eye? That's a lot, a plank. <laughs> or how would you say to your brother, let me pull out the speck of your eye when a log is in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The title of today's sermon is Judge, not Judge. Judge, not judge. Now, I could go through a whole lot like I usually do, talking about the different types of judge. But we're going to do that in the sermon itself. Now, I'm not going to go through my usual openings like I do. I'm just going to go straight into it. So that, so that we don't have to spend a lot of time building up to it. There's a lot of different types of the word judge in the Bible. But before we do that, we're going to go through, we're going to go through this scripture again, but not through the book of Matthew, because it speaks about it again in the book of Luke. And if you want to turn with me to the book of Luke, 
in chapter 6, verses 31 through 42, that's what we're going to do. Because in the book of Luke, it goes through it just a little bit more. In fact, we're going to start in Luke 6, 31 through 42. And the reason why I'm going to start with verse 31, it's my favorite. It's my favorite. I live by this every day. And now I could go further. I could go into 27, but I'm not going to do that. We're going to start with Luke 6, 31 through 42, because Luke 6, 31 is my favorite. I say it all the time. It's the golden rule. Now, it's also Matthew 7, 12, but it's, it does it more clearly in Luke 6, 31, which is doing to others as you'd have them doing to you. We're to treat people like we want to be treated. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. Treat people like we want to be treated. But let's read this fully and clearly. Usually I say it by itself. And I'm going to take this judge's robe off because I'm about to knock my water out. And I don't think that would be a good way to continue <laughs> with the sermon. And it says this in Luke 6, 31 through 42. It says, do unto others as you'd have others do unto you. For if you love those who love you, what thanks do you receive? For even sinners love those who love them, and they do. It goes on to say, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what thanks do you receive? For even sinners do the same. And remember, this is Jesus speaking. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what thanks do you receive? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much in return. But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. Then your reward will be great and you will be the sons of the highest. What about the sons of God, of course. For he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Be mer therefore merciful, even as your father is merciful. This, of course, is not an excuse to be evil. There's not an excuse to be ungrateful. There's not an excuse to take money and not return it. It's telling you to treat people like you want to be treated. Let's go on now to verse 37. Here we go. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will men give unto you. For with the measure you use, it will be given, excuse me, it will be measured unto you. He spoke a parable to them. Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above the teacher, excuse me, his teacher. But everyone who is trained will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not see the beam that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the beam that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first remove the beam from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Now, Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, he was speaking, clearly speaking to the Pharisees. He was speaking to the Pharisees who loved to judge and did not live clearly. 
They did not live specifically right. They lived sinfully and they loved to walk around like a judge, judging all the people around them. They did incorrectly and yet they judged everyone, condemning them. So let me now go to the three types of definitions, the three definitions of the word judge that we can look at today. I'm sure we could, yes, use the word judge like someone who does it for a living, but we're not going to do that. We're not going to talk about Judge Judy and others. <laughs> I only use that name because that's one that people know of very well. I could use other judges, but we're not going to do that today. Uh, but we are going to speak about the words judge in the Bible. And in the Bible, and this is speaking about us as Christians now, the judge, number one, we have opinions. And I'm speaking about we oftentimes in our lives, we, we have an opinion. And we judge just by an opinion oftentimes. And we do that all the time. So that's judge number one, an opinion. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody. Oftentimes we judge by an opinion alone. And what is an opinion? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. And then judge number two, spiritual assessment. Spiritual assessment. That's judge number two, spiritual assessment. This is very important. And then there's judge number three, condemnation, to condemn. These are the three types of judging we're going to look at today. I'll say them again. Judge number one, opinion. Everybody has it. Judge number two, spiritual assessment. Only a Christian can have that. Not the lost. Oh, they may think they do. They don't. They can't. They don't have it. We'll get to that in a second. And then judge number three, condemnation. And everybody a lot of times has that. Nobody should have it. Nobody except one. That's the Lord. But we'll get to that here in a moment, too. So let's look at judge number one. Opinions. Everybody's got opinions. A lot of times people have filthy uh, uh, phrases about that, but we won't get to that. The fact of the matter is we all have opinions, and, and most of the time, unless someone asks you what you think, most of the time we should leave our opinions to ourselves. Amen? I haven't always, and a lot of times I got myself in trouble. Even when we're talking about a biblical opinion, a lot of times we don't, and, and I say we, I'm talking about we ourselves through our emotions, we have a biblical opinion. That should not be coming out. And I'm talking about through our emotions, and we'll get to that. So sometimes through our emotions, and sometimes it can be mistaken for a spiritual opinion, I mean a spiritual uh, word. But it's not always. Sometimes it's our emotions that get in the way. And I say our emotions because we do. At least I do. I, maybe I'm not alone here. Maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I'm embarrassed now. But often uh, our emotions, and I'm talking about our opinions, can be worldly if we do not keep it in check. It can be worldly. I know that it has been with me before. And do we mean to? No. Especially if we're tired and we're not letting the Spirit lead us and guide us. Correct? Amen? Yes. Now, let's look at a couple scriptures that can help us with this. The first one is Romans. Romans chapter 14, verse 1. I always try to say my scriptures more than once. So that you have a chance to look it up or at least write it down for later. Romans chapter 14, verse 1 says it like this. Welcome him who is weak in faith. And this is talking about someone who is brand new baby Christian. Remember, he's talking to people in Rome. Who's he? Paul. Paul is. He's speaking to the people of Rome. And you've got to understand, in Rome, they had all these different 
faiths, different faiths, talking about different religions, different beliefs. And they were confused. That's why you see when Paul was speaking to people of Galatians and, and Ephesus and all these other places, he was basically going into a, a mixing pot of all different beliefs, and he was trying to bring them into Christ. But when he brought them into Christ, and even those who were of Christ, he was having to fight a whole lot, just like you are, because you're here in America. They call it the Great American Melting Pot. I still remember. I still remember uh, uh, Schoolhouse Rocks, and there was an old song, "Great American Melting Pot," and I remember that to this day. I love music and help like that. But you know the thing about the Great American Melting Pot? It was still founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. America was, and I don't care what different people said. I know President Obama at one time said that it was not a Christian nation. He was wrong. It was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, the president can be wrong, and oftentimes they are. It's founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It is a Christian nation, even if they don't aren't Christians in their faith. It is a Christian nation founded on the gospel. Even the very first uh, paper written was a Christian paper. It was, a, and we'll get to that another time. I do it every year because it's true. It was a Christian paper written in the name of God. The fact is, it's a Christian nation, and all this to be said is that it was founded on the faith. Even though a lot of people don't. It says this in Romans 14, 1. Welcome him who is weak in the faith, weak in the faith, brand new, weak in the faith. They're not strong in it. A lot of people aren't strong in the faith because they don't grow in the faith. It says, welcome him who is weak in the faith, but not for the purpose of arguing over opinions. Now, why do we say that? Because, folks, just because a person doesn't agree with you in your opinions doesn't mean we're to get into arguing doesn't mean we're to get into an arguing match. A person may not agree with you on every little scripture, and there are some who do disagree with me, those poor souls. <laughs> those poor souls, God didn't bless them with the good looks of me. <laughs> of course, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, of course. We don't always agree. They may be wrong, they may be right. I may be wrong, I may be right. The truth be told, there's only one that's always right, and that's the Lord God and his word. We may misunderstand it sometimes. Here's the truth. Their music may be different than ours. Their style may be different. They may dress different. I may not agree with how they dress. I may agree with how they dress. I'm not going to argue with them about those things. You know what is correct? There's one but one way into the heaven. There's only one but one way unto salvation. And it's not by the way you dress. And it's not by the style of music. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's through the faith and grace of Christ unto heaven. Amen. Amen. And I pray and hope. I pray and hope for all to come to know him. But we need to reach out to them and not argue over opinions. And we need to remember that. Not to be bickering over little things. But over the one major thing. And so that they can grow in that. But let me move on now. Leviticus 19.15. Leviticus is about law. So it's about the law, the rules, the law of the Lord. Do we need to know them? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But wait, that's for the Hebrews. Yes, it's for the Israelites. But it's important to know where God laid things down. Why for the Leviticus, the people of Leviticus? Why for the Levites? Those are the people who carried the ark, the people that God chose, the sons of Levi, to carry it. It was important. This is what it says, Leviticus 19.15. You must not act unjustly when deciding a case. I'm not judges. Do not be partial 
to the poor or give preference to the rich. Judge your neighbor fairly. Treat people like you want to be treated. The golden rule, like we said a while ago. Luke 6, 31. Matthew 7, 12. First Corinthians. First Corinthians 6, 1 through 3. First Corinthians 6, 1 through 3. Dare any of you, having a matter against his neighbor, go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints. Now he's talking about the people at the time. Now, we're not talking about our law. I say this to you because we're not saying that if somebody breaks a big law, like hurting someone, breaking, you know, breaking and entering, come to the church and not go to the people. But we are talking about little bickering things. It says, dare any of you having a matter against his neighbor go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints, the Christians. Or know ye not that the saints shall judge the world. And if the world is judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? Now, what are we saying? Well, folks, how many times do I hear Christians saying, yeah, but in school, they told me this. Or on this news or that news on CNN, they say this. Folks, who cares what CNN says? Who cares what the world, the law say? Now, I'm not saying we dislove those people. We unlove those people. We should love them. But folks, what they say doesn't matter. They don't know a thing. They don't have the knowledge of the Lord. Now, of course, they have some knowledge. Most of it's wrong. They're unwise. They're foolish. And by I say foolish, I don't mean they're dumbbells on most things. But they don't know the Lord. They don't have the knowledge of the word, the truth. They're untaught. I say this because Satan has blinded them. Do I love them? Of course I love them. Do I want them to go to heaven? Absolutely I do. But use, well, I'll get that in a second. Their opinions, their opinions, their judgment, their opinions don't matter. When it comes to their opinions, but their opinions disagree with me. Guess what? Their opinions don't matter. Don't listen to their opinions. When I was in school, I had my teachers always give me opinions about my father and mother teaching me at church. I don't care. Their opinions don't matter. But they tell me lifestyles are accepted now by God. Who cares what they say? Their opinions disagree with me. Huh? My opinion doesn't matter. God's opinion, God's facts matter. Not my opinion, not your opinion, not the opinion of people on television. No, 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 no. The truth of the Lord and his word, that's what matters. Amen. No one else. He's the judge, not you, not me, not them. The Lord God. The only judge that matters. Judge definition number two. Number two. And this is important for you to remember. Next time somebody comes to you, and by the way, they don't know the scripture. And by that, I mean they don't know where it's found. They just love to say, judge not lest you be judged. They don't realize it's Jesus that said it. And even if they did, they don't know what he's talking about. They don't know he's talking to the Pharisees, not you, Christian. They don't know he's talking to the, to the believer because he wasn't. He wasn't talking to you. Let's hear what, what is said here. Judge definition number two, spiritual assessment. Talking to you, Christian. Talking to you, believer. Talking to you, believer, at home. 
I hope you are. I hope you're a believer. If not, that can change today. It's very instant that can change. Spiritual assessment. In other words, and this is truth, biblical evaluation. And how does this get done? And this is the important thing. This is why only, only, only a Christian can do this. Only a Christian can have spiritual assessment. Only a Christian can truly have biblical evaluation. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Pastor. Can't a lost person look at the Bible and read it? Yeah. They can read the words, but they can't assess it. They can't understand it because they don't have the most important thing, and that is the Holy Spirit. The moment you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. Now, it's through time, it's through time that you understand it more. It's through time that you recognize the Holy Spirit. It's through time that you grow through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit helps you and guides you and leads you and you grow in the Holy Spirit and receive gifts the Holy Spirit. We'll talk more about that as time goes on. Not today, but another day. But the Holy Spirit gives us something, and that's Holy Spirit assess, estimation. Holy Spirit estimation. And it often includes all these things. Spiritual assessment, Biblical evaluation, Holy Spirit estimation. This is biblical, and we are to use judgment. And you are to use judgment, Christian. You're to use judgment every single day, every moment of the day. This keeps you out of using your opinion. If you're using spiritual assessment and judgment, you're not going to worry about your opinion. The moment you start shooting your mouth off with your opinion, the spiritual assessment, the Holy Spirit says, shut up, you. You listen to me. That's what it says to me all the time. And believe me, I don't necessarily like it at times. And by that, I don't mean I don't like the Holy Spirit. I mean, I don't like being corrected in the sense I go, oh, man, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be dumb. And folks, sometimes I'm dumb, just like you. At least I, I'm assuming if you're anything like me, I have the old man in me at times. But the Lord corrects me and says, you be quiet. Be still. And let me do the talking. Let me do the walking. Let me do the assessments. Because if I do the assessment on my own, nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, I will be wrong. By your little laugh there, I assumed you were right there with me. <laughs> Listen to this. Because this is Jesus Christ talking now. In John chapter 7, verse 24. Because when people try to say, judge not, let's you be judged. And they're using Jesus's words. Use these words, not against them, but to yourself. Use these words. John chapter seven, verse 24. Take this one and wear it on your shoulder. Wear it in your mind. Wear it in your heart. John chapter seven, verse 24. Is the pastor going to say that one more time? Well, I'm glad you asked because I am. John chapter seven, verse 24. Do not judge according to appearances. Oh, people misuse that, don't they? Don't judge by what you see. Ah, but that's not all. That's not all. Do not judge according to appearances, but practice righteous judgment. In other words, not by the cover of the book. You know, if I just went like this, and you only saw that for a split second, you say, oh, he's reading from Superman. No, 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 no. No, this is the Bible that has a cross on it. I just happen to be a, a silly fan of that as well as why I have that. But you know what? 
This is the Bible. This is the Bible. It's the Holy Word of God. It's not by the first appearance, but by what is in it. It's an assessment, spiritual assessment. It's an evaluation, an estimation through the Holy Spirit. Do not judge according to appearances, but practice righteous judgment. It's not the judgment of you, but of the Holy Spirit. The Bible, the Word of God gives guidance. That's why the Holy Spirit is so. That's why it's, why it's known as the living Word. That's why it doesn't change. It never changes. No, 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 no. It never changes. However, our understanding changes with it. You ever read the same verse over and over and over and over? And every time you look at it, say, oh, I never saw that before. Why? Well, maybe it's a new version of it. No, it's not what it is. I don't care if it is a new version. It's your understanding of it. Now, maybe getting a new version helps you to see it differently because a word speaks to you a little differently and maybe it helps you to de define it a little better. I don't know. But I know one thing. I have read out of the same Bible 30, 40 times. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, hey, Philip, knock, knock, knock. Knock, 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 like a little woodpecker. Knock, knock, knock. But it's the dove. It says, phew, now do you see I've been talking to you and this is what I need you to see right now? And you're like, oh, I get it. Eureka. That's what it is. Listen to this because you're going to like it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Remember Paul or whoever it was that wrote it. I believe it was Paul, but I could be wrong. It might have been someone else, another believer. I don't know. I say Paul. I could be wrong. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Whoever the author was was speaking to the Jewish believers who were going back and forth from believing Christianity and going back to the old Judaism. Now, there's nothing wrong with being Jewish, of course, and they go together. Except that, except that, the old Judaism uh, beliefs oftentimes held on to the law as if they had to live by the law to be saved, and that's not what it is. So listen to this now. Listen here. Hebrews 4.12 says, for the word of God is alive. Oh, I love this. The word of God is alive and active, and, and I say this a lot, and sharper than any two-edged or double-edged sword, that for every idle word that man speak, they will give an account on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified. This is Matthew 16, 36, 37. But I say to you that for every idle word that men man speak, he will give an account on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now you think about that for a second. Now, Christian, if you're saved, you're saved. So worry not. But at the same time, you think about that. For every idle word, this is why we need to be careful what we say. We need to be careful for what we say. We truly, truly do. We need to be careful because in reality, we may very well, we may very, very well say the wrong things. We need not to speak God's word. We need not to speak God's word poorly. Don't misquote it. Speak it justly. Justly. And before I end here today, I'm going to speak to you a couple more things. A couple more things. Romans 16, excuse me, Romans 12, 16 through 18. Romans 12, 16 through 18 says this. 
Be of the same mind toward one another. Be of the same mind toward another. Do not, this means that we need to, to speak right toward one another. We need to be of the same mind. It says, do not be haughty or associate with the lowly. Do not pretend to be wiser than you are. Repay no evil for evil. Commend what is honest in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now this gets misused. This is where people start using that judge not lest you be judged. That's not what it means. It means live in peace and show the love toward, of God towards others. This doesn't mean condemn. This doesn't mean never tell them where they're living incorrectly. It just means try to do it in such a way of using the love of the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Because you can do it lovingly, but never lie. Because if someone asks you, does the Bible say this? Be honest. As far as I know, it doesn't. Or, yes, it does. And maybe you don't have it memorized. This is why you can always call. This is why you can always look it up. Isn't it nice to have a smartphone? If you have a smartphone, you can look it up. Say, where in the Bible does it say blah, 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 blah? And it will tell you. Now, if you literally look up blah, 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 it's not going to tell you. <laughs> but it says in James 1.26, James 1.26, if anyone among you seems to be religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. This means to say that there's a lot of people who seem to be wise in the spirit, but they don't live it. We're not to be that way. We're not to be that way. Galatians 5.14. Galatians 5.14. For the entire law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We're to live and treat people as we ought to. As we said a while ago, doing to others as you have them doing to you. We're to treat people, love them as ourselves. For we are to know what's right and wrong. A lot of people say, well, how am I to know what's right and wrong? Well, you should know. If the Lord Jesus lives within us. The Holy Spirit's within us. We should know right and wrong. The world doesn't want to hear that. What's right, what's wrong. How are we to know? Folks, we know. Isaiah says in the last days, and we say it all the time. Isaiah says, the last days, the people will not know what is right and what is wrong. The right from the wrong. The wrong will seem right and the right will seem wrong. Folks, we're living in that, aren't we? Amen. People don't know what's right and wrong? Come on now. We know. Now, this may seem like a small potatoes thing, but have you ever noticed when you get to a, a red light, people are going whoop right through it? And you're like, oh, that looked green to me. Did it look green? <laughs> no. Did it look orange? Some will call it orange because it's kind of in between yellow and red. No. Now, that may not seem like a little thing, but it is a law. And they do the same with the law of God. With the law of God. Is it really wrong? Yes. Why? Because he said so. Don't twist it. Don't change it. Don't twist it. Follow it. When I lose my salvation, not the point. If you're saved, you follow the word. So you go closer in your relationship to God. That's what you do. I don't know about you, but when I'm not living correctly, I feel dirty and gross. And getting a shower doesn't take care of it. You need to shower yourself in the word and live by it. That's how you feel right. If you don't know what is right, you don't know him personally. And you need a relationship. And I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm saying you're not having a good personal relationship with him. And you don't feel good till you feel the hug of the Holy Spirit holding tight. 
How can we be? How can you point to Jesus if you don't know what's right? You can't. You can't. Can you imagine a police officer trying to tell you the law and yet they don't know it in the law book? Now, my dear friend Luke here today was real excited when he came into my office and he saw that I have Don Knotts and Barney Fife stuff all over the wall because I have the I got to meet Don Knotts before he passed away and I have his autograph and I got my picture with him. I love him. I love but my favorite TV show of all time, Andy Griffith Show. Love it. And I can tell you one thing about Barney Fife, the character. He knew the law. He knew the rules. He knew it says in law at one point, and he knew it all. He was a goofball, but he knew it all. And the point is, is we're to know the word and live by the word. Okay, you may not have it memorized what it says in Luke 6.31, but the point is you're to know it, you're to live it, know the Lord, know the word. He is the word, the living word in your heart. Well, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Who am I to judge? Folks, you're going to hurt their feelings. You're going to hurt their feelings because they see Jesus living in you. And you are to judge. I'm not saying you're to be a condemning creep because he's the final judge. He's the condemner. But you are to use number two definition of judgment. You're to have spiritual assessment. You're to have biblical evaluation and the Holy Spirit doing the estimation in your life. First with you and then through you. So that God can point you, guide you, lead you. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to be used of the Lord at all. Amen? And by the way, it may hurt their feelings, but feelings come and go. But eternity is forever and ever and ever. Use the judgment of the Holy Spirit as Jesus commanded in John 7, 24. As we said earlier, do not judge according to the appearance, but practice righteous judgment, the evaluation of the Holy Spirit. And the last two verses I read to you, and I know I'm going a little over, but you're used to it by now, just about a couple of minutes or 15, as the Lord believes me. But here we go. 1 Corinthians 2.15. 1 Corinthians 2.15. 1 Corinthians 2.15 says, But he who is spiritual judges all things. I love this one. This is important. But he who is spiritual, and we're talking, listen now, that he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is not judged by anyone. Now, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Does this mean I could do anything I want to do? No, 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 no. You're not judged by anyone who is lost. Don't let the lost judge you. Don't listen to the CNN folks. Well, why do you keep saying CNN? Because they're very, they're very, 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 very lost in their actions. By their words, by our actions, we are known. Now, I'm not saying they're all going to hell. I don't know. I don't know their heart. Of our actions we are known. I'm sitting here talking about the worldly ways. That's all I'm saying. That's all. Yeah, I could also put in NBC, ABC, so many other things. By the way, a lot of people in Fox are lost too. I'm simply saying to you, don't be worldly. Don't be like the lost. Don't listen to them. You can love them. Hear what they say. Don't. You can be in the world, not of it. So, as it said, 1 Corinthians 2.15, Be he... But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is not judged by anyone of the lost. James 5.9 is how we'll finish up here today. James 5.9, and listen, because this is how we know we're not, we're not to, to judge our brothers and sisters. We're not to judge that because our judge, the judge, is God. It's different. 
Here we go. James 5, 9. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, lest you be condemned. Look, the judge is standing at the door. I say this to you because, as was said earlier, we know we're at the last days. It's been that way for 2,000 years. How close is it? Only God knows. I know one thing. The judge stands at the door. And I also know I'm not concerned. Okay, so I watch the news. Okay, so I see the lost doing their thing. Okay, I'm concerned for them. I love them. I don't want bad for anybody. For anyone. I don't judge them because I want them to be condemned. I'm not their condemner. And, and quite frankly, they're their condemner because they condemn themselves to hell. But in, in they're standing for the condemner of the judge, the Lord. But I know one thing. I want them to go to heaven. I know one thing. I'm not worried in the sense that I know where I'm going because my judge has freed me already. And he has for you. And we should pray for them and use the assessment, the judgment that the Lord and the Holy Spirit is judging you daily and allowing you, judging you, allow you to use judgment to them. And it is your job. It is your job, your ministry to use judgment. If you don't judge, you're not doing what God has set you to do. Don't listen to their opinions. Do what the judge has set you to do and judge, assess what is happening. Amen? Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, thank you so very, very much for what you have set us on this earth to do. I pray, Lord God, that you will protect us on the way home. I pray, Lord, you will protect these wonderful people in their life. I pray, Lord God, that you, our judge, will help us, Lord, speak to us through the Holy Spirit and assess us, Lord, and help us, Lord, assess through us. Lord, I pray you'll help us to estimate the steps to take, the words to say, that we will not be judging through our own opinions, but, Lord God, that you will speak and that you will shut us up when we need to, muzzle us if need be. I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.